0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, folks. I'm Janie McDowell, and this is episode 18 of Pets Mean Business. 18 awesome episodes of amazing people doing amazing things. And that is why we're doing this podcast. So, and the whole point of this show, and I've said this many times, but I want to say it again because I think it, it just continues to be relevant. The whole point of the show is that this pet industry is huge and it's growing and everyone knows that it's grown 300% over the last decade and continues to show massive, massive promise. It's at $60 billion at this point. Now, that number is huge and some people have a hard time wrapping their brain around it. I even do and I've been watching it grow for a long time. But the point of the matter is that behind that $60 million number, there are so many people. Doing amazing things to follow their dreams and their passion, whether it's innovation on the product side or whether it's putting together an animal rescue organization or building their first or second or third doggy daycare facility, whatever these things are that are happening, they're done by people just like you and me who know, reach deep down inside and pull out the best that they have to offer the world and the people and the pets that they live with. This is, this is really what the pet industry is about. We see, I think, from the consumer side, we see toys and we see food and we see, you know, we go to the veterinarian we go to the groomer. We do all of these things, but what we're not thinking about is that behind all of those things are people. You know, the people who love pets and who who have a desire to grow and to grow with this wonderful, wonderful industry that I've been really fortunate to be in for 20 years. And many of the people that we have on the show have also been in the industry for a very long time. In fact, my guest today is exactly that person who's been with, oh my God, has been doing amazing things in the pet industry. And I can't wait for you guys to meet her and have the conversation and and I think just through talking with her, her name is Susan, by the way, talking with Susan, you'll see what that means because I think that my guest today totally embodies this idea of innovating and passion and all of the things that the pet industry has really just built itself upon. So- This podcast, this show is really for you, the person listening right now, who is either someone who is thinking about innovating or doing something interesting or taking a chance in the pet industry or really any industry for that matter, because it really just comes down to the entrepreneurial spirit. And the entrepreneurial spirit is what we try to talk about here at at Pets Mean Business. And this show is just a delight. And it's an honor to be able to have conversations that we have and with the people we have it with have them with. And today is no, today is no different. So I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to introduce you to Susan Briggs, who is uh, one someone who I've known for a long time and has been, have been, I've been uh, looking up to her for years. And once we talk and hear her story, you'll understand why. In the meantime, if you would like to get a hold of me for any reason at all, you can always reach me at jamie at petliferadio.com, or you can come visit us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can go to my website, which is jamiemigdahl.com, whatever you need. The whole point is that this show is for you. It's 100% designed around you, what you need, what you want, what you're thinking, what you're doing, all that stuff. I've had incredible fortune to be able to connect people through this show connect them to resources connect them to other people connect them to ideas whatever you need please let me know my my whole thing about this industry is i want to see people do what i've been able to do which is to find a place that just helps them grow as a person socially professionally financially and just be able to have the life that you always dream of and i do think the pen industry does avail itself to being able to do all of those things so on that note i'm going to break real quick we come back we'll be with a wonderful beautiful talented lovely susan breaks we'll be right back Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Hey guys, we're back from break. You know, I gave you a big teaser that you're going to meet somebody who I love. Did I say that I love you? I think I did. If I didn't, I'm saying it now. So listen, we are really honored on our 18th show today to have Susan Briggs with us today. She is uh, the founder of Crystal Canine and, and so many more things. Crystal Canine is just the beginning of the things that she's done. She has a couple of different websites and a couple of different projects and things that she works on all the time. I will let Susan talk to you about those things, but I really just want to do a quick, if I may, Susan, a quick bio, and then I'll let you go and get deeper into all of these things and how they came together. So after 12 years of owning and operating a really big daycare, uh, daycare, boarding, grooming, training center in Houston called Urban Tales. She started to transition, which is really what the industry is doing in general specifically to off-leash dog play. And what that means is when you have dogs off-leash, they behave in a very different way than they do when they're on-leash or when they're caged. So what she saw is she saw that there was a big need for other business owners to understand what she was learning in her business. And so she started helping fellow small business owners understand how to transition their facilities to off-leash play versus having dogs in cages all day. And so then her role as a consultant and an author and a speaker, that started to develop. And all of a sudden there were all of these opportunities for her to continue learning and contributing to all of the way that uh, the dog daycares have started to do safe dog play. And she's been behind a lot of that messaging and a lot of the way that we we as an industry have moved towards being more thoughtful around how dogs play. And so now she is for sure, and I can tell you this because I've seen her speak for years at conferences around the country, she's a recognized leader in the dog daycare industry. And really her goal, along with her partner's goal, um, her partner Robin Bennett and her business is to make off-leash play, all of the off-leash play that we know is happening in dog daycares around the country, safer and you know at the end of the day we're all in it for the pets and we're all in it for the dogs and we're all in it for the love and the safety and we're all in it for public safety as well and i think that susan you have really taken that and just gone you've skyrocketed that so let's talk first of all welcome to pets Me business how are you thank you i'm doing great I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for taking the time and talking with me and being a part of this whole thing. I think what you're going to talk about today is going to resonate with everybody pretty loudly. Even if people don't use dog daycare, it's still what you're doing. Like I said, I think it impacts at the end of the day, I think what you're doing impacts public safety, which is which is the loftiest thing we can do as pet professionals. So what's going on? Tell me how you got from what you have an educational background in accounting. Am I correct?
1: Yes, I was a bean counter for many years. I have a master's of accounting. That's how much of a little bean counter I was. But it's interesting working in that field. I learned a lot. I think it really helped me. You know, in hindsight, when you look back, at your career, you can see how all the pieces fit together and are perfect for where you are today, and I feel very fortunate that, you know, that background as a bean counter and getting in, working in auditing really helped me see processes and operations from a different perspective, and I think that's helped me in the pet industry.
0: So, that's interesting because I think that that also is happening as we, as the pet industry matures and we start attracting different talent into the industry to do all different things. I think what you're saying here, I've been seeing a lot, which is people are taking their background in a completely unrelated industry and in your case it's accounting and applying some of those principles and some of those theories to the pet industry I think that is actually and maybe um, I don't know if you agree with this but I think that's actually what has increased I think that's what's actually creating all the ultimately creating the success in the pet industry is folks like yourself who are coming in with a completely different mindset it's not just a dog mindset but it's a business mindset is that what you're seeing as well?
1: Absolutely I think we definitely learn from other industries and bringing our back backgrounds because the dog business for a long time was more related, you know, to the breeding and hobby and family owned. And so people coming like me from corporate America have different experiences and apply them, whether that's accounting, marketing, you know. We stop and say, why are you doing it this way? Wouldn't it be better to do it this way? And a big part, when I opened Urban Tails, we were one of the first pet centers that we opened up doing cage-free sleepovers. So we weren't even putting dogs and had any enclosures to board dogs. So you just ask the question from a different perspective, and I think that does help with the innovation.
0: So when you decided to leave corporate America and mm-hmm. uh, and open up a dog daycare, what? Tell me about that first conversation you had with either, you know, a family member or a close friend. How did that conversation? How was that for you?
1: Well, people thought I was crazy to leave mm-hmm. behind my. CPA certification, I let that lapse, but I knew that that was not what was making me happy. I had a smooth collie, her name's Hallie, and my woo Shout out to the collies! I know, we love the collies. I <laughs> love um, collies? I wanted to take her to work with me. That was my real passion. And in fact, at the time that I really made the decision to look at this and do the business plan and, and make it a reality... I was on my second acquisition and being my company that I worked for being bought out. And so the first time I had tried to dabble in doing more kind of leadership and consulting um, in small businesses, that didn't work out so well. So I went back to the corporate world for a while. And when the second buyout happened, I thought, you know, this is the time to truly follow my passion. I want to work with pets. And so I created partners because I didn't have the pet knowledge and expertise. I found a partner that I knew that did have a background in dog training, which I felt important, and I think sometimes we overlook that there is technical knowledge required to take care of pets, and Mm -hmm. people can learn it. I'm evidence of that. You know, now it's kind of ironic that I teach people how to read dogs, but that's not the way I started out. The dogs taught me that.
0: Do you tell people that when you're in your conferences, when you're speaking at, at large trade shows and conferences, do you talk about your background and how that was one of the motivating factors for you to be the educator you are now that you came to this being fairly uneducated about dogs, but having that passion and having that business background and that savvy? Does that something, because I think that's so relatable, you know, from where I stand, I right. just have some, that just creates a whole new level of respect for me to you, even if I didn't know you personally and didn't really understand the trajectory of your career and development. I just feel like hearing that is just, I think it makes people want to learn from you. So is that something that you do talk about publicly?
1: Yeah, It comes up when Robin and I speak a lot together because people always want to know how we started working together since we've never lived in the same state or city and, you know, worked at the same place. So And how I met Robin was because I was a student of learning everything I could about doggy daycare and heard her speak at a conference about that not only in doggy daycare as providers should we be keeping the dogs physically safe, but we needed to also ensure that emotionally they left our centers as well off, if not better than when they arrived, and definitely Mm -hmm. not any worse. And that resonated with me. I can still feel myself sitting in that room. And I didn't know the answer to that question. And so when I went back to my business... I really reflected on that, and that's what led to the book Robin and I wrote together, off leash Dog Play, because I looked for the resources that I needed to train my staff so I could ensure that the dogs were not only physically safe but emotionally well-off, and at the time, there really wasn't anything out there, and so I created my own. And again, that does come from a background in corporate America where if you need a tool and it is out there, create it.
0: So let's talk about Robin for a second, because I think that's a really relevant, uh, I think she's relevant to the conversation in general. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, she certainly deserves an incredible amount of recognition and and love. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: So, you know, you, I mean, I know Robin for many years. In fact, the story with Robin, I know, you know, the story, but I just feel like I need to share this. And Robin, you know, just for everyone to understand, Robin is, do you call Robin your business partner? Is that how you guys kind of, is that how you refer to each other in the world?
1: Yes, we have a joint venture together. And then we each have companies on our own which confuses people, but it works very well for us.
0: And I want to like really, I want to talk about that too, how you approach that personally and professionally when you have a number of different entities and how you, you know, because you have really four entities, right? I mean, you have, well, I guess three entities, because Dog Gurus, Crystal Canine, and, and Pack. Is that pretty much, am I missing anything? I feel like I might be. No, I think I got it, right? Well, that's-
1: yeah, through the Dog Gurus, we have the professional side and the public side.
0: Okay. So there's really, so there are so many different things. So I want to talk yeah. about that because I think that that's going to be something that, number one, I like to talk about because I can relate to that deeply. Uh, but I also want to hear how you compartmentalize that and how you manage your life around those things mm-hmm. but just um, I want to get back to Robin Bennett so just my own quick thing on Robin so I met Robin in this very bizarre way I had a dog training school here in Chicago for many many years 11 years called Animal Sense and you know I was a new dog trainer in 2000, 2001 and I was just starting you know I had finished school and I was sitting at my business and I was, I was just leaving the dog walking world and transitioning some of my dog walking clients into my dog training business and so there was this nice synergy and it was all lovely and everyone was happy and it was great and I was getting all these clients that knew me for all these years as a good pet care person and all of a sudden I get a call from this woman whose name I cannot remember which kills me and I have to find her name because it's so important for the story because I keep telling Robin the same story over and over again. So uh, this woman calls me and says, I'm moving to Chicago. I was living in the DC area and I'm coming to Chicago and I need to find a dog trainer. I said, Oh, great. We'd love to have you. And she said, Yeah, but I don't think you'll be able to to take good care of me. I I don't think you'll be able to meet the standards that have already been set. And I thought, who is this woman? What? what? What are you talking about? So she takes my class and she walks in the door. And, I, and I'm very nervous about her coming to class because she didn't really talk about why there are these standards. But I just, OK, I'm a young dog trainer. I'm 31, 32 years old trying to figure this whole thing out. And she walks in. And I said, so it's really great to have you here. And she said, yeah, I'm here. Um, you know, there's not a lot of options here in Oak Park. That's, that's the suburb that we had the class. And she said, there are not a lot of options. Now, I've heard OK things about you. So I'm going to give you a try. But I'll tell you what. I just, for the last several years, came out from a class that I've been taking with an amazing trainer in the D.C. area named Robin Bennett. And she is the best there is. And I know that no matter how good you are, you will never be as good as Robin. <laughs> and I was so floored. And I will never forget that moment. Just like you said, you can't forget the moment that you were in that room with Robin when she talked about dogs, you know, emotional health. I was that same moment where I'm like, who is this Robin Bennett person? And why is she, what is going on? And so I got, you know, I, so I started doing research and I found out that, oh my God, it's true. She's like this amazing person who people really do feel that way about. And she has fully deserved it and earned it. So I have, I just think it's funny that I can tie into Robin in that way where I was like, Wait a minute! She what? Come on! Who is this lady? And now she's your business partner. So now let's <laughs> let's talk about that. And I do tell Robin the story, and she does laugh. But it was like a, you know it's like a, it was a moment for me. It was like a real thing where someone told me that I can never be as good as this person that you know that clearly did something amazing for her and her dog. Okay, so how do you guys work together? How do you guys manage the business together? What are some of the components to that relationship and that partnership? Well, we definitely use
1: technology, and it's funny we wrote our, our book. Today together, again, we met maybe once or twice in person when we were both at conferences, but we did it all through, you know, electronic. So we're both very organized, probably borderline OCD in the way we work, but we use Dropbox. We do weekly meetings. We work from agendas and we plan our year in advance. So this fall, we'll look at 2016 and decide what our priorities are to work on jointly. We have a membership site, so we'll plan out our content topics for the fall of 2016 this fall. So we're planners and organizers, and then we communicate a lot.
0: Where does she live? She lives on the East Coast?
1: Yes, she lives in the D.C. area still. Kind
0: okay, of still in this, and, and you're in Houston. So you guys, how often, how many times a year do you see each other? Probably half a dozen. And so how is that? So are you at the place right now, whether it be through your work with Dog Gurus or Crystal Canine, do you consider yourself and do you identify yourself as an entrepreneur? Yes, I do. Good for you, lady. Yeah. I love that. When did you own that title? or that? When did you feel good about saying I'm an entrepreneur? How long did it you take? Know,
1: Yeah, it's taken a while because I started Crystal Canine in 2010 while I still had Urban Tales to do some consulting because I had been speaking with Rob and had the book and people were asking me, you know, to do some of that. And so that always felt like something I did on the side. And then Robin and I did the joint venture, the Dog Gurus. And so, you know, that was kind of a partnership deal. But I always knew that there was more I could bring to Crystal Canine and more ways I could serve. And I really have contemplated on that for the last two years and can probably say it was last fall that I really stepped into feeling that Crystal Canine is my business as an entrepreneur and I have a joint venture and do other things that I love with Robin, but that, you know, through Crystal Canine, that's me and and how I serve the industry.
0: So we're going to go to break in a few minutes, but before we do that, I want to have you just provide some of the website information so folks who are listening who are either on tablets or computers can go ahead and look that up during our during our conversation, um, but also as a resource for later. So why don't you go ahead and give out all of the all the data around that.
1: Okay. Well, Crystal Canine is www.crystalcanine.com, and canine is spelled out, C-A-N-I-N-E.com. And then the work Robin and I do together as the Dog Gurus, that website is the T-H-E DogGurus.com. And you can, on that site, see some information on selecting dog daycare and then also link to the Pet Professional site where we have the membership. And then we haven't talked about it yet, but we will, I know, talk about professional animal care certification. And that website is P is in Paul, A-C, cert. C-E-R-T dot org.
0: And that's the thing that I'm so excited to talk about after the break. We're going to dive way deep into that and what that is. And again, how you've evolved with that and how you've created that and kind of all the things that you've had to go through to get that where it is today and where it's going. I'm glad we got some of this great background information and really, I think, I hope, I think we got some good clarity around Dog Gurus and Crystal Canine and the websites. I mean, the websites are pretty self-explanatory. So when you guys go and you check out both of those sites, you'll get a good sense of how that compartmentalizing that I keep talking. About how that looks physically for Susan, and can you all imagine like what's? Listen, at the end of this interview, at the end of our, at the end of the show, you're all going to look in the mirror and go, "What's wrong with me?" I know every time I see Susan or talk to Susan, I'm like, "Really, this is this woman is amazing. She's just able to do." You are. I'm going to say this, and then we'll go to break. And, and honestly, I really, I, I feel this way, and I'll say it publicly. I feel like you are the person, and the reason I admire you so much. One of the reasons is because when you have an idea you make it happen. When you put your mind to something, you do it. And you do it successfully and you do it meaningfully and you change people's lives. And... There's a saying, something to the effect of a lot of brilliant people have a lot of brilliant ideas and brilliance is not what brings things forward. It's about it's about persistence and perseverance and it's about doing. And I think that you truly embody all of those things. So, you know, thanks for taking time out of your really busy schedule to spend time with us today because I feel like your messages are so vitally important to anybody looking to make a change or just think about what it would be to follow passion. So on that note, we're going to go to break, Susan. We'll be right back. I'm Jamie McDowell. I'm your host, Pets Me and on Pet Life Radio Network. We'll see you in a minute. front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, Adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots, and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's Hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetexpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet
1: Expo. Let's talk
0: pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Pet We're back from break. Susan and I were just Susan you're so nice you said that the things that I was saying before made her cry well almost cry probably not totally cry but you know what though it's always good in this public forum to be able to especially because I do have incredible guests people who some of them I've known for a long time some I'm just meeting and hearing their story but I'm always moved I'm always impressed I'm always you know I'm just you were just saying something I feel the same way I am every single day totally honored by the people that I look around and see in my world and you were just saying the same thing that you look around and you see all of these people in your world. And that's just really the thing that that's the thing, right? <laughs> that's Absolutely. the thing. It is a people world. You know, I think a lot of people get into the pet industry. And I know you've heard this 1 million times. Um, I think collectively we've heard it 2 million times, which is people <laughs> get into the pet industry because I don't like people. I want to work with pets. And what do we know more than anything, Susan, that this is a people industry. <laughs> yeah, This is a people industry. Pets are there and they're great. And we have to do and lots of things to do. Take care of them. And that's obviously what we spend our kind of designing mind around. But the reality is that this is all about a high touch people industry, whether you're working in a retail environment, service environment, rescue, especially rescue. And I think a lot of the rescue folks have a hard time getting their brain wrapped around that it's really important to be great to people. Because people, you know, listen, people are connected to pets, and we need them to be. And that's how pets can continue to have great lives through, through their people. So in talking about that, that's a natural progression, that's a natural foray into this concept that you have created. Let's talk about PAC, which stands for Professional Animal Care Certification Council. And we know that the industry has been, as it's grown, there's been a lot of uh, damage done to the industry. The reputation of the animal care, in particular, so the stuff that when people are touching animals, the reputation of the animal care industry has been significantly damaged at times by frequent news reports of serious pet accidents, some of them deaths. Um, And then, of course, with the rapid growth of the industry, coupled with the ease of entry into the industry, it makes it a confusing challenge, I think, for most pet parents to find out who are truly high-quality providers. And that is obviously a... (laughs) at the end of the day, I mean, for me as an entrepreneur and as a pet professional, that to me is the most important thing. And and as you know, I have a business called FetchFind that we are all around that idea of helping pet businesses to find great staff who aren't in it just to pet puppies, but they're in it for all the other right reasons. And my understanding of and my experience at this point with pack, it's the same. It's based on those same things. So let's talk about how do you define pack? So if someone said, hey, uh, Susan, I saw this thing pack. What what is it? What's going on? You're doing testing. What are you doing? So how do you how do you answer that question in a kind of an elevator speech kind of way? What do how do you yeah. answer to that?
1: Well, to me, PAC is going to help the pet service industry, specifically boarding, doggy daycare, dog walkers, pet sitters, be seen as a true profession because we will have standards of care. There will be professional testing and licensing so that the people that have been Investing in the knowledge and making sure they understand the technical aspects to taking care of pets professionally have that recognition and that it'll be easy for the public to know. How did you certified provider?
0: How did you come to that realization? Because I mean, I think internally we're all having those conversations, especially those of us who have been in the industry for a long time. We're all having those conversations around the dinner table or on you know on Facebook groups or conferences. But how did you actually come to the realization publicly that this needed to be addressed?
1: Again, this is looking back everything I've done since being in Pets helped me understand it, you know, trying to market my own business and knowing what we invested as far as the knowledge to the point we even wrote a, I wrote a book and created my own training program for my staff. That wasn't something that pet parents were focused on when they came to visit. I was shocked how many pet parents would call, make a reservation, drop their dog off, never ask me about my background, what education I did for myself, for my Staff members even want to look at how my center was set up and designed mm-hmm. to keep pets safe. And then working with centers for, you know, years that were investing in training and doing things right and hearing from them, again, it's hard to differentiate yourself in the market so that the public understands and trying to explain it just to friends. It's too complicated. There's too much. There's too much behind the scenes to expect your average pet owner to be able to understand that professional care does make a difference. So we wanted to make it easy and certification seemed to be the route to do that. That's what other professions do. You have certified, you know, I was a CPA and I had to take an exam to prove that I had that knowledge. So It just seemed to be the way, and it's funny, when Robin and I speak, last year it seemed like every time we'd speak, we would be asked the question, when is certification coming? Are you Mm -hmm. guys going to do certification related to this? And we would just look at each other and go, you know, that keeps coming up, but somebody else needs to do it. We're busy.
0: (laughs) We don't have time. You know, we're
1: not the right people to do this. But we agree it would be great. It's what the industry needs. And, I mean, I think, Jamie, you and I have talked. When I get repeated messages, you know, I pay attention to that. Um, Mm -hmm. When things repeat to me, it's a message that pay a little more attention here. There may be an opportunity
0: well, and that's, I think, again, part of your whole professional development and trajectory. You listen, you do listening on two levels, which mm-hmm. is listening to yourself and your own, you know, your gut, your instinct, you're following that fire inside of you, but you also do a lot of outside listening. And to me, that makes the strongest, first of all, it's a great human equality. It's a great way to just be in this world. But on the business side, I think that being able to do both of those things and do it well and have some synchronicity between those two things is really where success starts to come into the picture. And you've done that. and clearly, you've done that over and over and over again and keep on creating things that have such incredible value to, you know to everybody that you touch. I think is interesting. I hear this all the time and I think, you know, even as a pet care provider in my previous businesses, I always heard people assume. I think that's where we're at, right? In this industry, Mm -hmm. at this day and age, if you're a pet owner and you're looking for a new groomer or a new daycare or or what have you, dog walker, you just assume that there's got to be some sort of like license, right? Hairdressers have them right? Nail technicians have them. If I want to go in and get a $12 manicure, I know that those folks have had to go through some sort of schooling and there's some, you know, there's a a thing on the wall that says, you know, licensed by the state of whomever. And so the assumption for pet owners is that, of course, if you're a groomer, I mean, we know that veterinarians are, of course, licensed. But, you know, if you're a groomer, of course you are. Probably if you're a dog trainer. I guess if you're a dog daycare owner, maybe if you're a dog walker. And you start to see people process through this. But when you tell people, when people People learn that to be a groomer, and by the way, I love groomers, so this is not at all a hit on groomers. When people learn that to be a dog groomer is nothing other than on-the-job training, if that, they are amazed. They're amazed that there's not, a. they just assume. They just assume that groomers have gone through some, you know, curriculum and had in some sort of state or federal licensing, and, and it's just not the case. And I guess one of the things that I always think about when it comes to PAC, what do you think it's going to do? when you have folks who are really good at their job so let's just let's just call groomers let's talk about groomers a really good groomer who really has never done anything other than on the job training and they're a really good groomer they're really good people they're really just you know everything is good but they're just not school people they just don't have the time or the bandwidth or they're really the drive to go and get certified through PAC what's going to be our answer for them or is it just this is just the way it is what happens at that moment
1: well our goal is that the public will drive them right. to do it. We're A lot of our focus is education to the public that they need to find a certified provider. That's the only way to ensure that they have that technical knowledge and skill set to safely take care of pets. So we really hope the pressure on the public, as well as pride of being a professional and having that certification that's available internally, they'll be driven to go ahead.
0: So this is a whole other wave, I think, that the pet industry is going to experience. I mean, I'm kind of stating the obvious and sing, some preaching to the choir, so to speak. But, you know, pet industry over the last two decades, have gone. it's gone through. We've seen waves, right? We've seen it went from, like, think of kenneling, right? You go to right, a vacation. Yeah, you go to the vacation, you drop your dog off at a kennel, and you pay, I don't know, maybe $15 a day on the high end. And you drop off a bag of food and your dog and, you know, their choke chain and their yeah. leash, and you go and you come back. You pick your dog up and that's just the end of the day. I mean, think about that and where daycares are now with our spas. And airport-based facilities, and all of the things. So, I mean, there has been a natural, and I think a fairly quick transition from you know some of that kind of uh, how would you put this kind of not thinking, uh, what, not
1: well, it was not basic, lower level it was care. Basic. A, Thank a you on physical level. Thank we're you. At, and, and that's when I opened my center was in two thousand when that initial transition to what I would say the pet resort and the whole engagement. And not only are we keeping the pets physically safe, we're connecting with them emotionally and engaging them mentally and having fun just like if you sent your kid to camp.
0: Right. And I think that when that first happened to, and correct me if I'm wrong, if this was a different example, if this was your experience or not, I think it was, that when that first started happening, when that shift started happening, pet parents were like, wait a minute, don't a spa. Come on now. Dog beds, oh, yeah. come on now. And now, right now, you wouldn't even think about sending your dog yeah. to a daycare if it didn't have some of those qualities and some of those nuances. I mean, you wouldn't even consider sending your dog to a kennel. You know, daycare is like the very minimum of what you'd expect. And then you, so, so I think, and I, I hope you do. I think you do. That we're gonna see that same thing. That same. We're gonna follow through. Where right now people think of certification as wouldn't it be nice, or didn't know it existed, or something of this nature. Where hopefully in I don't know what do we think five to eight years that it becomes just as just as well accepted and recognized as a nicer doggy daycare versus a kennel.
1: Right. Yes. Absolutely. We have to for the pet's safety. And I as we were talking at break. That's what I'm so excited about with PAC is that there's so many professionals from across the pet industry that have joined us to help make that happen, and I believe that's where we have our shared passion, That we have to drive it to where that is for the safety of the pets. Continue with the unregulated industry that exists today.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I just, I mean, you and I can just, I'm so deeply connected with you on that, with that philosophy and that mindset of this pet industry, it's wonderful and it's given us all so much and we've been so lucky to get in it on the ground floor because it is the ground floor. It's $60 billion at yeah. the ground floor, period. But it is time to start looking at the next era and looking at changes that need to be made because you know what the reality is and is horrible as it is to say a lot of people who take care of pets don't know what they're doing and pets really suffer and I do believe that the suffering leads to euthanasia I mean I think that you know pet providers create behavior problems and those behavior problems are not something that people can live with and it ends up that people have to give their dogs away or worse and I mean, it really, I mean, I know it's incredibly dramatic to get to that point of talking about, you know, a non-certified or an uncertified um, provider bringing that all the way to something as dramatic as euthanasia, but that's also the reality of the world. That is just the truth. If people don't understand what dogs are and what they need and who they are you know, they suffer at the end. And because, and I think the whole point of PAC is to is to minimize suffering and maximize the excellence and you're doing that. And so how can people get involved? What can, like, what are some things that if someone's listening right now who says, well, that's interesting certification, I get that. I'm a, I'm a certified XYZ. I Y, Z. I wouldn't want my provider to be certified. What can I do to help? What can they do?
1: Well, they can definitely go to the website, paccert.org and sign up for our mailing list. Okay. Um, we will be sending out updates. Most importantly, we want you to stay informed of what's happening and share the message with all the pet owners that you know that certification is coming to the industry and to select a certified provider. Um, as a dog trainer, they can do that now, but we want, starting in 2016, to do that for their kennel, their doggy daycare, their pet sitter, their dog walker also.
0: Okay. Um, you'll hear my Dean in the background. You know what that's telling us to do? It's time to end our conversation, I, which I hate because I'm loving this conversation. And I think we're about to, if, if we were able to, we would probably spend the next two hours talking about examples and why and how PAC is so necessary and how people can get involved. And I think it's also, I think it's also important to acknowledge that I am involved with PAC. I am on the marketing committee because I do find that, you know, maybe one of the things that I can lend to the, to the cause is spreading the word throughout the people that I know and working with all the fetch find folks and businesses etc. So I fully get it and I am fully in support of PAC and publicly professionally privately what have you and I'm here to continue to see this through with you and with the great community of people you've put together. So you guys this is the thing you may be hearing about PAC right now for the very first time and in fact probably most of you are. Let me tell you it's happening and it's real and we are so lucky to have Susan here talking about it with us because she is the mind behind behind this happening and this coming to life so susan i am um again indebted to you professionally and grateful for the work that you've done and the vision that you've had and how you have created so many opportunities for so many people and we'll continue to do that and uh well, I think on that note, we will uh, we will bid each other a farewell, but only shortly, because I think I'm going to see you at a conference coming up here pretty soon. I think I'll see you, right? I'm gonna see you um, at IBPSA.
1: Yes, I look forward to it. And thank you, Jamie, for having
0: me today. It's my pleasure. I loved being with you here. I loved having you talk about your story and your message and all the things that you're working on. And you guys will have Susan's information up on the website. And um, if you have any questions or you want to meet Susan, please let me know. I can happily hook you up. Susan is open to talking to people. And, and helping, and well, you can hear that. So, on that note, I'm Jamie McDom, your host on Pets Mean Business here on Pet Life Radio Network. You've just listened to episode 18 with my dear friend, Susan Briggs. We'll see you next time. Let's talk pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.